today's uh, December 31st. This is the last day of 2014. And uh, let's uh, let's think back a little bit, for at least from uh, the show's perspective. What what have we covered this year? What have we gone over? What have we hopefully learned <laughs> since since I started this crazy thing called the podcast? Uh, well, to start off, um, you know, even though we started in November, um, we covered a lot uh, from you know from the Rosetta mission to the Antares explosion um, to the Orion launch. You know, we covered a, a few of them we went over just the launch system itself um we went a little bit about asteroids uh we learned about ganymede a little bit about 3d printers space coffee don't forget the space coffee um we had a great interview with uh my friend john where we talked about uh, interstellar uh then there was the orion launch successful one uh covered both days <laughs> even the one that was scrubbed because um, still a lot to, to, to go over on those days. Uh, what else? Uh, upcoming SpaceX launches, what they're going to be doing. Landing a rocket on a, on a freaking ocean barge. That's like, what was it, 100 by 300 feet or 200 by 300 feet? It, it's ridiculous. I, I can't wait for that. And that's coming up next week, uh, hopefully. Uh, January 6th or 7th as a backup. Uh, you know, we went over the Geminid meteor shower. I tried my first hand at uh, writing a blog. Uh, thank you, everyone, for um, for reading that one. Uh, what else did we do? What else did we do? Ah, Pluto. Uh, the Pluto Express, New Horizons. Uh, we talked about beta angles and private space companies, uh, from Blue Origins to um, Sierra Nevada uh, Space Launch Systems. And then the last episode, we did Dark Energy and Dark Matter with my friend Brian Folan, and uh, today's uh, not going to be any different. It's another uh, episode with Brian. Uh, we're going to be talking about the scientific method, kind of what we were talking about it. We go for what it is, uh, and kind of why we think it's important. It's really just us talking into mics, but uh, I thought the conversation was pretty good. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and a little bit later, we get a little bit into uh, zombie brains. Uh, Brian. Uh, led me into and we also touch on string theory uh not the theory itself because it's extremely complex and <laughs> um i need to brush up on it but uh but it, it's it's in there it's in there so uh what are we going to be doing with this episode is kind of in and out um of the rest of the the time brian came on uh touching on different things and basically i just want to wish everyone um a, a great new year um thank you everyone for for listening to this, for, you know, subscribing. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Um, I'm serious about this, guys, so uh, it's going to keep coming. Uh, every Monday there will at least be one Today in Space episode, a short one, that uh, will be focused just on space, and then everything else is going to be extra content around the show. So, But at the very least, you can expect a 20 to 25-minute episode that's going to go over things that are just space and it'll be quick in and out you know i don't want to drown you guys too much with it uh, uh but if you want longer uh there will be more stuff out there so you know um other than that guys it's been it's been a crazy year um i'm glad that we're starting over 2015 it's going to be good um i mean what are some of the the top things uh in space flight we'll, we'll go into uh i have uh by country 
uh, how many launches, how many were successful, uh, and we'll get a, a percentage from uh, all the countries that launch rockets. So that'll be one of the tidbits I'll throw in there between these. So without further ado, uh, here's the rest of uh, the, the opinion panel with uh, Brian Folan. And uh, enjoy, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. Don't get too drunk tonight. And um, have a great year, guys. It's 2015. And Pluto. Sure. And actually, let's just uh, so that we can keep ourselves straight on this. What is the scientific method? So real quick. Okay. A a bullet point. Uh, In case anyone doesn't know. Yeah, because this isn't a method that is just like thrown out there. It's actual steps. Uh, of how, um, you know, to, to test a hypothesis, how to, mm-hmm. how to further a scientific thought. Right. So the steps any are, thought, truthfully. first of all, ask a question. Yes. That might be the most important thing of the whole thing, because I used to be scared of asking questions, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I started asking questions that I actually started doing better at things at school, it, because my questions were unique to me. Yeah. It was, I had a... I, I knew all the information everyone else did, but I needed just a little bit, and it would open the floodgates to the next, you know, understanding of it. Yeah. You know, I I leveled up. You know, like leveled up. <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's what uh, it is. Each each bullet point's leveling up. Yeah. 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 So you, so first, ask a question. Uh, two, do background research. Yes, of course. Uh, number three, construct a hypothesis. So uh, a statement that you're going to test against. That's important. Yeah, you test you against test. it. Right. You don't stop at the hypothesis. A lot of people are willing to stop. They do stop at the hypothesis. I mean, right. but that's just a daily conversation. We've done that a few times in this conversation. Yes, very easily, and that's why it's an opinion panel. <laughs> uh, number four is test your hypothesis by doing an experiment. Uh, number five is analyze your data and draw a conclusion. So look at the information you get, draw a conclusion whether. Uh, actually, you don't even have to draw a conclusion to something. You just have to draw a conclusion. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Is if if all you do is present your data and with that data create an argument, you can't be wrong. Because in that yeah. instance, under your results, the way you did it, you were correct. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's were you actually, you know, was that the real result is what you find out later. Yeah. Or was it just a random anomaly and you're the only person that could do it? <laughs> Then you have an interesting case. Which happens, yeah. Which it happens. does happen. It does happen. It happens all the time. Um, and then, of course, the last one is communicate your results, mm-hmm. which uh, seems really simple, but is actually <laughs> a lot more complicated. Uh, like, communication is, is really important. And one ironic drawback to people who are extremely scientifically minded, who are, you know, they're scientists. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the, not all scientists, but they're, they're people who devote I guess devote their life, or like they're really science people. They're like nerds, but they love it. Um, they can't communicate. They can't communicate that information, yeah. so it's kind of an irony in yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some some can. It's very difficult to uh, draw people in because there's not a natural curiosity, and all of a sudden there's a language and a lexicon, and mm-hmm. you end up trapping yourself in, in writing. And you know, there are those who have been. You know, really popular Neil deGrasse Tyson immediately comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as as very popular, um, and he has a very good way of, of communicating information. Yeah, and he's kind of built to be popular. Um, you know, so that's that's his gauntlet, and I think 
he sets a really good example right now for more people to strive to to be able to communicate this part of what i'm hoping to do here (laughs) yeah yeah um just having conversations about it is really interesting um because you you start to see where people are at intellectually with the ideas and where the community is you know us talking about dark matter you know that wouldn't be our conversation might not be our conversation in two weeks right it definitely won't be otherwise this would be a really (laughs) dumb podcast actually i fuck that take that back you can make an entire (laughs) podcast about dark matter because so little is known about it you could probably keep that you someone someone should be milking that yeah Yeah. someone (laughs) someone should really be milking that uh hint hint u.s government um but i really i really do believe that there should be more general news about about science um hitting every day you know as much as i like looking at cool pictures of space Mm -hmm. caught by great technology um and how much weight that carries uh, of an implication of where where we are progressing most of the stuff you see on the internet for you know the new york times or even the wall street journal as we pointed out Mm -hmm. is just like fluff pieces not even fluff hardly even fodder for you to think about Mm -hmm. just like little things you know picture of the day picture from space um will we live on mars you know look at this ancient light from the Planck telescope or that hasn't even landed yet but um well uh actually part of where we were going to go is is uh the Planck so we'll talk about that in a bit. oh cool yeah cool i didn't even know that. that i didn't know we had a roadmap. Yeah, map it, it is it is uh involved in the whole dark energy thing oh so, yeah 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 definitely dark matter mm-hmm. dark matter dark matter <laughs> see that's as much as as we can say about it no we do we do know a little bit but the we idea do. of the universe slowing i mean that goes against a lot of foreseeable science that could be a huge shift i mean we thought we thought the the sun rotated around the earth which was a pretty big shift pretty big shift but easy to to think of yeah easy to think of i mean easy to easy to keep living because it was already happening we just understood it now and that understanding is power, and then the more power we had, we, we were able to stop thinking about more stuff. It now seems like a pretty good time to bring it up. So, so basically the scientific method being that there is a specific process through which you go, um, you go through to, to find an answer to a solution, or to test out. It's really, it's testing. Yeah, I mean... You know, um, and uh, I mean, it's easy for me to say it, you know, it's, it works because I, I use it every day. Um, you know, I've done countless freaking just, just it, it seems to me like it's a, like it's a diary sometimes yeah. when I'm writing mine. Um, cause I'll do like a day to day to write up of everything that happened, all my observations, um, everything that was out of the ordinary and trying to track any changes and, and changing them at a small pace so that I could make sure I'm getting the right thing. So that's my process when I'm, I'm yeah. doing experiments, you know, and it, it helps a lot because the things that happen that are new are very, very exciting. Um, and it's not a, it's not a blow to my, to my ego, you know, it's not, oh, you know, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't get it right. You know, it's, oh, that's interesting. 
You know, that's that's my my biggest one hundred yeah, yeah. scientific thing is that's interesting. It's not I was right, like woo, like you know. Yeah, it people was, people don't damn. don't want to be interested. I mean, they do want to be interested, but they want you to give them the interest. You know, mm -hmm. um, the the same could be said for you know runners, uh, like people who run a lot. You know, they start to feel that pain, and then that mm -hmm. pain is a reward. Or anyone who really exercises, um, well. You know, pain. Pain as a. I, don't know, I suppose that doesn't really equate here as a dumb thought. But that's <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> but um, I think that like, how could I say this? I think that that people don't really understand how how often in their lives they take the scientific method for granted. Like when mm -hmm. you are doing something that you just take it, you know, it's embedded in your logic. You just take it as, as granted. You have to understand that, like, a bunch of people before you had tested that, and it's just agreed upon. I mean, it's very strange. It's, it's very strange, like, like even eating a rhubarb. Part of rhubarb is poison. The other part is jelly. Or, well, it's not jelly, but can be made <laughs> into jelly. Um, but, like... Someone had to eat that poison part first mm -hmm. to die, and then. But like, how did they know that that meant that it came from the rhubarb? So they had to eat it again, and then like at some point, someone had to eat it, knowing that there was a chance they were going to die. <laughs> and like that person died for the scientific method, so right. we could eat fucking rhubarb jelly and shit. Yeah. And well, <laughs> I mean, they didn't die for the scientific method. But, but someone had to try it out first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that one person <laughs> is not the the example of the scientific method. The scientific method is actually, uh, in, in my fact, mind, it's by, the numbers, it's by the numbers, they're an extremely small part of it. Yeah, um, it's it's how how many times that had to happen. It's that mm -hmm. process. Um, that That's in our daily lives. And you can see that that happening um, in, in daily lives. And that's like part of history. We can see how... Science in the media takes a certain tone. You know where money's going to go. You know who's going to be talking about what particular subjects. You know what's going to be getting the attention. That Just because those things are getting the attention doesn't mean that there's not a bunch of other shit happening that is extremely interesting and well worth your time. Sure. I mean, think of the space industry. The time that they get the most views and the most coverage is when a disaster happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the only time people care about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I should say it's the only time that everyone's eyes will be on it. That's very true. That's very true. It's just not the same attitude as, mm. as it, it used to be. Um, obviously, when space exploration was was new. Now, I wasn't alive then, mm -hmm. so I really don't know, actually. Fair enough. Space, well, we still talk space about travel it. <laughs> has always just been something that was there. Like, it always just seemed like there. we have this dumbass culture that's like the scientists are the scientists and they're going to do some stuff. The physicists are the physicists, and they're going to be the yeah, physicists. Yeah, but they were all scientists so. back then. Let them, like, let them take care of it. There was a between physicists and scientists. I actually exactly. have a, an ongoing uh, rant that, uh, like, the word scientist is just thrown to describe, like, a position of science. Yeah. And I, I guess that's probably exactly the definition of it. But <laughs> but yeah. I, what I'm trying to say is, like, if it's going to change, we got to know that there's a difference between scientists. Like, for instance, I'm an engineer. I'm not necessarily a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can still talk about science. Yeah. All right. So I asked the internet uh, for the definitions of scientist and engineer, and here's what here's what I got. So scientist, according to the internet, 
uh, is a person who is studying or has expert knowledge of one or more of the natural or physical sciences. Now, that's a very general definition. So a person who is studying one or more of the natural physical sciences or has expert knowledge of one or more. So, I mean, you could be a specialist in one science, although that that'd be kind of hard to do. I don't know how you would just have one science and still be considered a scientist. But according to this, that's that's what it says. But um, so that's that could be a lot of different people. That could be someone who just is studying science. Um, I'm guessing that would be in a school by other scientists, but whatever. So nonetheless, I, I, I think the fact that we're using scientists is is pretty general. So if if we want people again, like I was saying with Brian, uh, if we want people to get a little bit better, we got to be a little more specific. Um, now, engineer, engineer, what's that definition? All right, internet, lay it on me. All right, so it's a person who designs, builds, or maintains engines, machines, or public works. So that's a lot more specific. Um, although I, I, I guess. Machines? Yeah, I've worked with machines. Manufacturing more than anything else. But yeah, designs. Yep, yep, builds or maintains. Boom, that's it. That's your definition, guys. Courtesy of the internet. And now for the top launch rocket. No, rocket launches. There we go. Top rocket launches of 2014. Orbital launches. Uh, so we'll start from... Oh, we'll start from the lowest to the, the to the most. All right. So at uh, number seven is Israel with one launch. Uh, Japan and India are tied for I guess it'd be fifth with four launches each. Europe uh, is at fourth with seven. China is in third with sixteen. Uh, the United States in second with twenty-three and number one. Can you guess? It's Russia with uh, 37 launches and um, everyone had a hundred percent launch success except for uh, the US and Russia um, the US had a 95% uh, 95.6 or 96% uh, success rate um, with one failure and Russia had a 92% success rate with 37 launches and 34 successes. Uh, the fa- there was one failure and then there was two partial failures. I'm not 100% sure what a partial failure is, but that's what it is. So uh, there you go. That's uh, by the country, the launches that we've had this year. So that would make 92 total launches uh, for the planet uh, in 2014. So that's a lot. That's a lot. That's more than I thought. Because um, they're all they're, there's orbital launches happening all the time. A lot of them, if I'm not mistaken, are for satellites, whether they're positioning satellites or they're this for like GPS or maybe they're just communication satellites uh, for cell phones uh, or maybe there's uh, there's a whole bunch of different things it could be. Um, there's a lot. So, <laughs> so that's what we have, uh, for total launches, 92, uh, coming up next, uh, I give an example, um, I'm talking to Brian about what an engineer's, um, scientific method, what, what I used, uh, in the job I recently had, uh, as a scientific method. 
All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of scientific method from like an okay. engineer's perspective. Um, so I was doing R&D before, so recent development. So we're testing out this material and I have to watch it through its phases, like as it's, because we're, we're using this in a machine, so it goes from powder to liquid. So something's going on and it's not working. So I need to see, so my next thought is, all right, I have a melting pot that goes up to like 700 degrees and this stuff melts at like 500. So I'll put it in there and like watch it and like videotape and take notes as it like melts. So that way I have some basis on going into like what's happening inside the machine while it melts. Mm. Um, and it did some crazy stuff. I mean, it was, it's, it's literally a powder. And then as it's melting, it makes this like these tiny rocks that are super abrasive. Uh, and they're, they're not smooth at all. They're super uh, gritty. Nice. Then it starts uh, melting and starts looking like a clay. And then the next step is it's like milk as far as consistency. So this thing is, all this crazy shit is happening. And I had no idea until I sat there and observed it and did it a few times and kind of got an idea of the properties. Yeah, how long does that take? Um, I think I did that whole experiment for like six hours. Um, and then I did it um, another two the next day. Oh. So but at that point, I knew what I was doing. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that's like one example. So, so then we could make a decision later on as far as to like what machine would we use because now we know it's probably too abrasive for the mach this uh, this machine. Yeah, what were you doing that for? Uh, it was it was for this R and D job that I had. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know anything about that. Well, but that's, that's okay. That... Like I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. But I just I used the scientific method essentially to just test it and and find something out. out. To observe. Yeah, know? to observe. Because R&D, that's the, nobody knows. You're learning about this. Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, but that takes time. And like like you mm -hmm. said, that's like, that's like eight hours of that shit. Can't I, you like get I, someone I else enjoy, to do that's Yes, what I could, I feel, but I'm not there yet. I feel <laughs> as though. Um, I was a lowly R&D yeah, engineer. Yeah, just so a lowly R&D so. engineer. Oh, I, I love being like one step above in the process and saying, oh, we should do this. Okay, that's good information, making decisions. I like that position. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot easier. Making decisions <laughs> is a lot easier. Well, than it, it's saying. easier, but it's also, it comes with responsibility and uh, all that shit. So, yeah, um, there's a trade-off. Uh, it, it literally spent maybe like two months and didn't get anywhere with it. No. Like, it, it, I was, I was... I was finding out things like what it didn't do, you know, oh, I was yeah, finding yeah, out what yeah. it didn't do, but I wasn't making it do what I wanted it to do. Learning you know? from that. Um, that, that experience would happen once and th that was, those were the best days when that happened. That made the struggle worth it. That one because you could build pushing off step. It, yeah. Right. And now, now it fractals out of yeah. that one thing. And now there's a whole bunch of new things that you can learn. Yeah. There's a so, joy in having more questions. Right. Um, only if you're willing to ask questions, you know, be curious, play around. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, we don't encourage that in the, in the way that actually has questions is a good thing. We want mm -hmm. immediate reaction. All right. So now's a good a time as, as uh, any to, uh, to remind you guys, uh, to come check out the website at todayinspace.squarespace.com. Uh, you can contact the show, 
check out all the podcasts. I have space links up there, and each episode on the website uh, talks about the topics. So, you know, if you're looking for something specific, you know, hopefully you'll find it there. Um, and uh, what else? You can find me on Twitter at L Greco. That's E L G R three C O. Um, I'm, I'm on there from time to time and, uh, that's about it. Uh, so the rest of this podcast will be, uh, just the rest of the stuff that me and, uh, Brian sat down and talked about. So, uh, there was the, Brian brought up why theoretical, why he thinks theoretical physicists are so important. And then we talked about Armageddon and gravity and, uh, interstellar kind of like the movies. And then, uh, Brian introduced me to, uh, uh, scientific method and kind of zombie brains. Uh, what the fuck is he talking about? So we'll, we'll get into that uh, later in the episode. So again, thanks for listening, and here we go. Physicists very important. Yes, they 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 push the stones to get us going. Yeah, you know, you know they're heavy thinking, very heavy thinking. Heavy thinking, and they have a process, without a doubt. Oh yeah, um, it's just really different. Yeah. Sure, that's an intense job to use your brain for everything. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty crazy that, um, like these these people can be out there thinking of string theory, Mm. and you know, conceptualizing space space and time. Right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you have a favorite song, and before you heard that favorite song, you you didn't even hear it yet, Mm. but yet, like soon you will have. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Soon you have a favorite. Doesn't make any sense. Um, my point was, about string theory. So with with string theory, it's interesting because <laughs> these people are, are conceptualizing string theory. The, the process of that is so impressive to me that I find it really strange that um, you know we're not seeing that. There aren't more dialogues happening, and I'm sure yeah. there are, but the access is limited based on mouthpieces in our communities mm-hmm. and in our just general society. Yeah. And that's what I really want to rally up to. to to get is the spreading of scientific news and scientific thought, um, well, theories, hypothesis. I'd, I'd like to hypotheses. think we're doing that now. Yeah, I, I yeah. think we are. Um, with string theory, it's really interesting um, to me is is how we can look at that as, you know, if we take this idea that we were talking about right now with, with dark matter being inside us as, as it makes up the universe, um, that commonality between, between us uh, unlocking certain space and time parallels right. leaping more, more into this idea of, of not chaos but perhaps quantum mechanics and those sort of anomalies and, and paradoxes that we've kind of just had on back burners for mm-hmm. a really long time just kind of resting on um, yeah and then you look at, at, at but those when you of, think about in relation to all the other scientific methods and the time they had to wait someone to come along with the right answer mm-hmm. it doesn't even compare yeah so if it's a if it's a well, like we want to you know do our research while i'm alive that's a little that's that's a little greedy dude like it's a little greedy it's a little me. greedy it's a little selfish and it's completely without like yeah. the nobility of science you know of, of advancing it that that is taking away from that yeah i guess it doesn't know? need to be noble um, it, does. it does. It does. Otherwise, you can just get lost in capital. I guess I really hate capital. You know, we're driving things, but I really would hate. I hate when science can get really like postured and prostituted 
based on who's talking about it. Um, like, I don't want to say that Interstellar did that, but you see that, you know, a boom and all what of a sudden scientists. Uh, I can't say because I didn't see it, but I was. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> well, but, at least we got the number. Uh, I love Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I just want him to come all over me. Uh, <laughs> um. Matthew McConaughey, I'm sure he's he's great. He's great. Whatever. The point is, I I live in the world. I live in America, and um, when that movie came out, there was a whole lot of talk about it and this science of the film. Um, I think that's great. I think it's a great way to get people excited about science and wanting to talk about it. Um, well, you heard that that uh, the science, the the animation, the work that went into animating the supermassive black hole in that film, mm-hmm. it actually helped. Uh, according to an article I read, uh, like, advanced research for dark holes. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. But and it was still, like... And and that's, like, really has very little to do with the movie. Yeah. But at least that was kind of, you know, taken out of it. So that's kind of cool. And I just wish that... You know, it's cool. People like that, and it's very cool to have that, that high science because people like to have that foot in reality and that, that foot of feeling like that's actually part of their existence and that's great I think that conversation's awesome but I hate to see it die down after that and I hate to see people um, who leave it at isn't that cool because it is incredibly cool but it's also more challenging than anything to to start diving into that and to choose to think about that to choose to dive into the challenges of thinking of like a dark hole Mm. that's heavy that's a lot of work but I think it will create a better form of communication. You can access those thoughts through a movie, through through pop culture, mm-hmm. through Matthew I would McConaughey. Recommend, I would recommend to, to watch it, because I know the one thing I loved about it, um, I guess isn't necessarily the movie itself, but the fact that I was thinking for about a week straight, like heavy about the all the stuff that they touched on, because it's, yeah. it's a long movie, and they touch on a lot of really heavy like science stuff, yeah. Especially like the consequences. I loved about the they they introduced the consequence of interstellar travel. Mm. What it, it with with relativity and time, you know, the fact yeah. that they were locked away for so long and that the time they were spending was so short compared to what it was doing back home. Yeah, no, there's craziness. There's a lot of thought. I mean, Christopher Nolan's always had a, a really interesting touch of relativity. He's I'll leave it at that, but he has okay. a very good, keen sense of the ideas of relativity. I learned a lot uh, about uh, the whole Nolan thing from when, when John was on here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, had, he had a whole bunch of stuff on the Nolan brothers. I didn't even oh, know yeah. there was brothers. So brothers, yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. is there anything else we want to touch on? I don't know. Some more Matthew McConaughey in space. I think more movies should have Matthew McConaughey in space. That would definitely get people more interested in space. They should have him. I, I, I like I like what you were saying about that. We need just more things to, like, bring up the conversation. Yeah, space, yeah, which yeah. The movies are but, good, but not just yeah. The movies are good, but not just bring them up in, in like you know. There's like Armageddon, which like. Oh man, I watched that when I was after I had learned everything. I was very disappointed. I still love the movie, but I realized that uh, they I don't really still blew the gun love the movie on uh, the science behind what was actually going on. <laughs> like for instance. From a visual effect, uh, I don't want to ruin it for people, but if you haven't already noticed, there's a lot of scenes where there's clearly gravity at play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're 
there's no gravity. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. To, like, it'd be nice if there was a little bit more of a commitment to, to caring about those things. But you know what's funny? A movie like Gravity, and John's probably yelling at me for bringing yeah. it up again, that movie is extremely scientifically accurate. And people had major problems with that movie. Yeah, well, so I also, it's like, I, and someone like like Neil deGrasse Tyson goes on and and points out the parts that aren't real, and people get all crazy about yeah. it. It's like, but he's doing you, he's helping you out. Yeah, it's like you're upset because he's trying to show you. It's like it's like okay, so is it all? It's like because it goes back to that binary thing, all or nothing. Yeah, where it is it all scientifically accurate, and anyone going against it is wrong. It's wrong. Or does it have nothing to do with science? And anytime someone brings science into the equation, you say fuck that. That's no. That's that's voodoo magic. That's probably voodoo. more. That's probably closer to how people actually deal with it. Yeah. Because why? Why spend more time on it? Your days are hard. You get that little piece of information. Mm-hmm. Rally behind it. Why not? It's just a movie. But it's it's also just a movie. Very true. But it's also just a, a way of thinking about that realization, that challenge, that, you know, there are these parts, here's this information, here's how you can think about this next time you see something mm-hmm. similar. And now, for Zombie Brain. Some story about um, uh, a, a prion disease, a, you know, disease prion that led to, you know, it was basically a, um, basically mad cow disease, Critzfield, Jakob disease, something along those lines. And, there's this case in the 70s where, you know, there were these people who were suffering from dwarfism, and you scientists thought that it would be a good idea to inject them with uh, an adult growth home- hormone, but they were getting those hormones from cadavers, so they were taking this matter from the brains of cadaver dead people, oh. and they were like, okay, we'll take this brain wait, matter. Wait, you read this? Um, I can't, I can't even remember. Was Someone it online should, or was so, it like actual paper? Oh, uh, actual. Like print? No, no. This is some online oh, okay. stuff. Oh, okay. All right. But, well, I mean... Take it with a grain of salt, then. But I, or, I'm interested. Keep going. But, um, <laughs> zombie no, brains, someone should I like check it. This, some, someone should definitely <laughs> check this this out for me. But then, you know, all these kids were dying because they'd grow up and they'd be weird. And there's also, their heads basically... Their cool. brains basically deteriorated because the disease prion, um, you know, just ate out their brain, filled it with sponge... Well, not filled up with sponge, became spongy. So the, so the interaction was basically killing the live cells. Well, yeah. I mean, they were figuring out that we shouldn't be injecting <laughs> something from a dead brain or any brain into and that is into an another person. Science. Like because you can get that can happen from eating brain matter. Uh, so you know, if really? people eat another person's brain, you could go crazy. Do we know this from testing people who've eaten brain? Uh, we definitely know this as something you could look up. Is it is it something that we've probably like? Uh, yeah, it, it's we've run into it. We've encountered it. In mad cow disease is this? Oh, okay. This and when they were eating um, brain, so you could look up like a disease prion Critzfield Jakob disease. If that's how you say disease, it. Disease prion. P r i o n. I o n. Okay. Uh, okay. Cannibalism. It shows in the search. What what should I look for? I don't know. I don't know. don't should really know. I don't really know uh, how you would look it up anyway. What is it? <laughs> let's let's start there. Prion disease. Okay. There. Prion disease. 
course, we're going to Wikipedia to start. Of course, Wikipedia. I mean, Wikipedia <laughs> is good. Okay. It's a good place to good start. Place to start. Um, so, all right. So they cause neurodegenerative. It's a prions cause neurodegenerative disease by aggregating extracellularly within the central nervous system to form plaques known as amyloid, which disrupt the normal tissue structure. Okay, so it's going in there and it's breaking down the, the regular structure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what it said, yo. So this disruption is characterized by holes in the tissue with resultant spongy architecture. Boom. Bam. Dude, he's on a roll. Uh, due to the vacuole formation in the neurons. Boom. All right. Well, sir. Continue. So, so what else? Was that was that basically all? Uh, was that they their scientific achievement was that they know not to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It cool. was like okay, well, maybe we shouldn't be putting brain matter in people. Okay. But, but that's an example of a scientific achievement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back to that rhubarb. How do you it's know to make simple. jam? How do you know to eat the rhubarb? Someone had to eat the rhubarb knowing that they were going to die. Or didn't poured... know, and then someone's like, oh. Yeah, they didn't know. There. But then the next time, because you can eat half of it, they had to figure out which half. Right. They probably had some sort of way of testing Probably fed something else. Yeah. I mean, we're not idiots, all of us, all the time. Some people are curious. Curious. That's damn sure. Curious. <laughs> I would say you'd have to be curious to find out what part of the rhubarb is poisonous. And yeah, what definitely. Part eat. That's why I don't <laughs> eat rhubarb. And that was probably because they didn't have anything else to eat. Probably not. They yeah. probably... Man, that must suck, though, having only the rhubarb. I often think about who was the first person to eat that thing. Like, who's the first person to... I, I, there, was, there was a period where I was thinking about that. Like, who was the first person to do that kind the, of thing? I think about all the stuff that's been yeah. eaten that's not food. Yeah, no, yeah, all the things that we've figured out. Th that documentary on PBS goes through a bunch of stuff like that, where that's the process, is that it's, <laughs> it's killing... Thousands of people, yeah. and like we need to figure. Like, uh, one of them goes over like CO two, and like knowing that if you crack the window and let it in, that that's enough to survive from some CO two. Yeah, you know, from being exposed to it completely. And they were having all these deaths. They didn't know what the hell was going on. They had this color in their skin. It looked like someone had killed them. Someone so they're like suffocating. But and someone know. used science to eventually find out that oh. This is what's killing them. Yeah. I may yeah. be wrong. Is it CO2 or the carbon monoxide? I think two different things. Carbon monoxide will kill you. Yeah. Yeah, carbon monoxide. That will kill you. Mm hmm But the carbon... Yeah. Dioxide. Dioxide, no. It's different. That's in your soda. <laughs> How different? Very different. <laughs> Very close in, in talking about it, though. Very true. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. So, brain diseases. Brain diseases. It's crazy. Zombieism. <laughs> That's about as close to zombieism as it gets. Yeah. In real life. Some crazy shit. Science science does do some crazy shit, too. Science does do some crazy shit, but for sure. You know, I mean, I, I have a friend who uh, had to do um, work with lab mice. Mm -hmm. And then, after a while, his sense of humor of it was that he was <laughs> a murderer of mice. Because, yeah. what is it, Futurama science cannot <laughs> move ahead without heaps. <laughs> Yeah. In some aspects of science, that is yeah, correct. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, your friend is a, is a mouse murderer, just so he knows. De he of definitely mice. is, but he's also yes. a scientist. Right. See, the things he'll do for science. Yeah. Things he'll do. I, won't, I won't say his name. I'll save him. Yeah. The mice don't get him. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, well, dude, thank you for Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. 
It's time I uh, head back to Providence, Rhode Island. Yes, yes. So if you guys, uh, like Brian, want to figure out what he's about, he's doing art and uh, Check me out at uh, music. Brian Forever. Numeral four. Brian Forever. Bandcamp.com. Check me out. Alright, so that's it for today in space for today, the last day of 2014. Welcome 2015, here we go. Hope everybody had a great time and a great year. Uh, if you're making any resolutions, try and stick to them, make them easy, guys. Start slow. Peace!